Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I'm so bad with time, um, I was telling you about this, this whole process of, of releasing the book, and I had asked you guys as the church family to, if you thought you were going to get it, to go pre-order, and you guys did buy the truckloads, and Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all these places that sell books are now using their own resources to promote this message to the world, and that makes me so happy. If you want to help continue to help us push this message out, the number one thing that you guys could do that's super random, if you've read it or listened to it or part of it and you like it, if you could just go do a review. Um, what I've been told is that Amazon looks at however many reviews a project gets and then they decide that's how much resources they're going to put behind it and push it forward. I personally have never read a book and done a review. Always thought it was a waste of time. So if you're feeling the same, I get it. Um, in fact, I asked my publisher, I'm like, why? And they were explaining it to me. And they said, he, they, they said would you be willing to ask the church? I said, my, ch my, my church is my family. And so absolutely. So if you've read it and you like it, you could help push this project further so much faster if you go leave a review. If you've read it and don't like it, I'm not telling you what to do, but you don't have to leave a review. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't feel pressure. <laughs> I love you guys so much. If you're just joining us for this series, the whole idea is this. Anxiety and depression is real. We know statistically that people are dealing with it everywhere around the world. Almost every single person either deals with this stuff themselves or knows somebody who does. And we started saying this from the jump, that we do not have to just deal with depression and be attacked by anxiety, but through the powerful name of Jesus, we can take a stand on his word, on his promises, and begin to attack back, and begin to experience some peace and some joy and some freedom that we crave, amen? This is the theme verse for this series, Romans 15, 13, and truthfully, this is my prayer for you, and this is my prayer for your loved ones, and I, I challenge you to, to write this one down, take a screenshot of it, put it on your phone, your laptop, something. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. We're going to talk about that trust in him thing here towards the very end, because what I don't want you to think that is, is I have to have this kind of perfect faith. If I don't have perfect faith that what I'm praying for God's gonna do, then he's never gonna do it. That's just not the case. We don't get to do anything perfect until heaven, include have perfect faith. So trusting in him is, we're gonna talk about that, but it's, it's our best effort at saying, God, on my good days and God, on my bad days, I'm still just gonna go to you. I'm gonna go to you when I'm hurting. I'm gonna go to you when I'm scared. I'm gonna go to you with my doubts. I'm gonna go to you so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what, this, that's what this series is about. The plan is, and if you haven't already started, this week's the perfect time to start. Up here is a monologue, in theory. Some of you shout at me, but that's okay. I like the amens and the stuff like that. It lets me know you don't hate me when I'm talking. Um, but you don't necessarily 
have a conversation, right? This is, for the most part, a monologue on the weekends, but the, the, the objective is to now get in small groups this week, get in teams this week, get a couple family members or friends this week, and have a dialogue. And we've tried to make this really, really simple for you. If you're in a Red Rocks Church small group or on a Red Rocks Church team and your group wants to go through this stuff, we'll give your leader a free book. You don't have to buy anything. Already online and on the app are discussion questions for every single chapter. And I'm telling you, it will, it will get your group having some real, raw, honest, and game-changing conversations that will actually allow us to not just talk about doing life together, but actually start doing life together and battling for each other. So monologues up here, dialogue in the week. I, I challenge you, if, if you got a group here at the church, start that this week. Um, you're going to like it. So last week, I wanted to really, I just wanted to get, I wanted to get you um, to a place in your spirit where you started to believe that change is possible. Last week was called, It's Time for Freedom. And, and, I, and I said, listen, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, you're not crazy. You're broken. We all are. We're just broken differently. You're not crazy. I can't tell you how many people have messaged me this week through social media saying, oh my gosh. I can't believe you said that. I've been feeling like I was crazy. Thank you. You're not crazy. You're not alone. And this is not how your story's gonna end. Amen? Amen. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to get caught up. Um, but so, so to make sure, just in case you weren't here, to make sure that we're all on the same page, 2019, I'd been hiding my anxiety and depression for over 10 years. And it got so bad I couldn't hide it anymore. I had a breakdown full on, took five months off work, spent seven weeks in an inpatient anti-anxiety counseling facility, hundreds and hundreds of hours in counseling and therapy and pastoral care and time in the word just trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And when it first happened, my wife called one of my pastors, Pastor Chris, and those of you who this is your church, you know him. He was here with us at the end of last year. I call him PC. We went to Alabama where he lives, and I, and I was sitting in his office, and I'm falling apart. I'm crying. I'm shaking. I'm telling him about my anxiety, about my depression, about even at times suicidal thoughts, about how I don't know if I can go on. I can't make it. I'm starting to have a panic attack right then. And what I thought was going to happen is I thought, you know, being the pastor that he is, I thought that he was going to walk around the table, give me like this big old bear hug, maybe even circles on the back, you know what I mean? Like when you're really soothing somebody. He didn't do that. He looked me right in the eyes. He said, listen, Sean, it is time that you stopped blaming yourself. It's time you stopped just taking this. It's time you start fighting. You're a fighter. I can see it in your eyes. It's time you started to fight back. It's time you started to fight the enemy. That's what I want to tell you today. We don't have to just take it. And there is a fighter spirit inside of every single one of us. We're going to prove it through the Bible today. But God put a fighter spirit on the inside of every single one of us. And today I want to start to encourage you to begin to tap into that. We don't have to just sit back and take it. We don't have to live this way. I'm telling you, God has given us some spiritual weapons and some things that we can use to go and fight back and begin to experience the peace and the joy and the freedom that we all so badly are craving. He was teaching me three things, and it's three things that, that I wanna help pass on to you today. Go ahead and put those up. 
He was showing me I had to start fighting back. I didn't even know I could do that. He was teaching me that it's gonna be a spiritual battle. I hadn't really seen it that way. And then he helped me begin to fight. And that's what I wanna do for you today. Sound good? Sound like a plan? You guys, you guys okay? I, I need more noise. See, that helps my insecurities when you do that. <laughs> it's time to fight back. There's this biblical principle all throughout Scripture, and I wasn't really focusing in on it. And it's this idea that all throughout Scripture, there's often times when God says, I have something for you. I have something that I've promised you. I have something that I've prepared for you. I have a life that I want you to experience, but I want you to tap into that inner fighter spirit that I gave you, and I want you to fight to go take hold of the very thing I've already provided you with. We talked about it last week with Galatians 5.1, if you remember, right? It's for freedom. You've been set free. Stand firm then and do not allow yourself to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He says, Jesus already provided you with eternal freedom. I want you to live free in the here and now, but in order to do so, you're going to have to stand. You're going to have to stand firm. You're going to have to tap into that inner fighter. You're going to have to go get this freedom that I've already provided you with. In Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is this guy who's about to lead the whole nation of Israel across the Jordan River and into the promised land, and they've literally just spent a month in mourning and crying and sadness and loss, what we today would probably describe as depression, and God comes to Joshua and he says, it's time. The emotions are real. You're supposed to feel emotions when bad things happen. That's, that's part of being human, but now it's time. It's time. We're going to a new level. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready, because it's time. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. And he starts making all these promises. I'm going to give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. I mean, these are huge promises, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Listen, I know, I know that you get afraid, and I know you have bad days, and I know some days you feel like you're a spiritual giant, and I know some days you feel like you, you don't know if you have any faith, and all you feel is fear and worry and doubt and anxiety and depression and all this stuff. He says, that's why I need you to know this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, what Joshua didn't know, but we now know, is he was going to have to go fight 31 battles to take hold of that promise. God said, I'm going to give you every single place you go. I've already provided it for you. The stage is set. I know the freedom you're going to walk in. I know the promises you're going to experience. Now, son, now daughter, it's time to stand firm. It's time to get ready. It's time to go fight and take possession of the very thing I've already promised you. Paul told his protege, Timothy, after a life of ministry and starting churches and being one of the most significant humans to build the kingdom of God in the history of mankind, he said, Timothy, I have fought. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He said, Timothy, make no mistake about it. Deciding to follow Jesus is not signing up for an easy life. 
It's signing up for the best possible life. It's signing up to life to the fullest. And he's going to do things in you and through you that are going to surprise you, that are going to blow you away. But I'm telling you, bro, get ready because it is a fight. He said, Timothy, it's a fight. Red Rocks Church, it's a fight. There is freedom and peace and joy available to us. And for some reason, God decided, I want you to come to the battlefield with me to go get it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. It sound good? PC tells me it's time to fight. If I'm honest, my very first thought was I don't have the energy. I am freaking tired. I've been having panic attacks almost every single day. It's all I can do to hold on. I'm exhausted. You ever felt that? I think there's something that God has for me, and maybe I should go get it. Like, I don't even have the energy to pick up the phone. I know people are calling just to say they love me, and I know people are calling just to see how I'm doing and check in. I don't have the energy to tell the story again. I don't have the energy to pretend I'm okay. You ever have people text you and, and you wanna respond because they're just trying to be good to you and the truth is, I don't even have the energy to respond. I don't have the energy to hit an emoji and pretend like I'm exhausted. Maybe I should go do 31 days of fasting and prayer. I don't have the energy. When we're really struggling with anxiety and depression and hopelessness and the whole thing, isn't it true? Like, I've never been more exhausted. And you're telling me to go fight? That's real, isn't it? My publisher wasn't sure they wanted me to go with the name Attacking Anxiety. And I understood why. Because they're like, listen, it, it, it almost feels overwhelming. It's almost like it's something I just don't have the strength to go do. And so I begged and I pleaded with him and I said, let me call it this because I'm telling you, this is where the whole thing starts. There has to be something inside of us that decides I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to decide to let my God go get his spirit in and through me and go attack in the name of Jesus. I have to. My life is worth it. My loved one's life is worth it. Here's what you got to know up top. This fight it's not about your strength. This fight is about your God's strength. When we realize that, the idea of attacking back and go fight for what God has given us, it starts to feel less overwhelming because I'm not, it's not dependent on my strength. It's not dependent on your strength, and that's good news, right? Because the truth is, and I knew it when he was telling me, if I could win this battle in my own strength, I already would have. That's how you feel. That's how your loved ones feel when they go through this stuff. If I, could, if I could fix this on my own, I already would have, right? Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses. I want you to get this promise in your heart today. Now to him who is able, talking about God, to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Here's the truth. When you're really struggling with anxiety, when you're in the depths of depression, when hopelessness is all you can feel, you can't even imagine freedom, I know that feeling. That's why it gets so bad. That's what gets so scary. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it last week. It's not going to stay this way. It's not the end of your story, but it's not how, it's not, it's not, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like this is the end of my story, and it's never going to change. I can't even imagine my life without anxiety. I can't even imagine my story without depression. I can't even imagine feeling the kind of freedom you're up there saying I can have someday. 
God says, I know, and that's okay, because what I'm going to do in your life, what I'm going to do in your family, it's more than you could ever imagine, and it's not by your strength, according to his power that is at work within us. He says, I want you to come to the battlefield with me, but it's not going to depend on your strength, because when you're at your weakest, I'm at my strongest. Notice the last thing God told Joshua. Joshua 1.5, would you guys put that back up? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's saying, son, I'm calling you to something, and you're going to have to fight to go take hold of it, but you don't have to worry about anything because I'm coming with you, and when I come with you, I got you. I take care of everything you can't take care of. That was the money part of that passage right there. Not the go get them and here's the promise. It was I'm going with you. Because when the creator of the universe says I'm going with you, there's nothing he can't do. There's no anxiety he can't defeat. There's no depression he can't defeat. There's no hopelessness he can't overcome. I've shared this story a few years ago at length. So I'm going to give you the cliff notes today. But it's just so perfect I have to. When I was in grade school, I lived out in the country, and I rode the bus to school. And I sat next to a a high schooler, and he was kind of a bully. And um, we're going to call him Doug today. Doug the bully. Now, I don't want you to think of Doug Weckman, obviously. Just Doug the bully. And Doug the bully would, like, like, randomly just, like, punch me on the thigh or punch me in the arm or push me off the seat or call me names. And one time he took a pencil eraser and he he rubbed it back and forth on my forearm until it rubbed through several layers of skin. I I had a scar on my arm for like 10 years. Like Doug was just a bully. Well, one day he takes out a marker and he writes all these cuss words across my homework. I don't know why. Just Doug. I go home. My dad sees the papers. My dad says, what's going on? I said, I didn't, I got this issue. I didn't, I don't articulate it quite like this, but here's what I was saying. I got this, this, this issue, and the truth is I haven't told you about it because I'm embarrassed that I'm not strong enough to deal with it on my own, which is exactly how we feel about anxiety and depression. I haven't told some of the people I'm closest to the depths of my struggle because the truth is I'm embarrassed that I'm not strong enough to handle it on my own. It's true. My dad went, who did it? I said, Doug. (laughs) Doug from down the street? Yeah. He goes, get in the car. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) We drive down to Doug's house. Of course, we got to save gas so we don't use the air conditioning. We uh, roll the windows down, and uh, he pulls up right next to the front door, and he goes up, and he bangs on the door, and Doug's dad comes out, and unfortunately for Doug's dad, he was kind of a little fella, and uh, my dad shows him the, the, the cuss words across the papers, and then he throws them in Doug's dad's face, and then he starts saying things that I just can't say at church right now, and he threatened this poor man within an inch of his life. He got back in the car, he looked at me, and he went, handled. <laughs> we never talked about it again. You should have seen my swagger the next day on the bus. 
up, Doug? <laughs> Doug did not make eye contact with me until he graduated from high school and left, and I've never seen him again. Dad just wanted me to get in the car and go to the battlefield with him, knowing full well it wasn't about my strength. The whole battle was going to be about his strength, and at the end of the day, it's going to be handled. That's what God is saying here. I want you to tap into that inner fighter spirit. I want you to just come to the battlefield with me, son. Come to the battlefield with me, daughter. But none of this is about your strength, and it's all about my strength. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. But it's time to fight. What I needed to realize was it's a spiritual battle. I didn't see it as that. I saw it as there's something wrong with me and I got to figure it out and I got to grit my teeth and I got to fight it. And I got to hide it. And I got to figure out a way to get through one more day of this stuff. I didn't see it as a spiritual battle. But, but here's what I've learned. You're not fighting anxiety. You're not fighting depression. You're fighting the enemy. Let me say that again. You're not fighting anxiety. You're not fighting depression. You're fighting the enemy. Satan, the devil, call him whatever you want. There's a very real God and a very real Satan, a very real heaven and a very real hell. John 10, 10 gives us a great picture of it. The thief, that's, that's the enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus said, there's a life I have in store for you. There's some things that me going to the cross is going to provide you with. But make no mistake about it, there's a very real enemy and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing I want you to experience. Now, what I didn't know when Pastor Chris was telling me to start fighting spiritually, what I didn't understand is this took me lots of counseling and classes and all this stuff to, to learn this stuff. But one day I was with a counselor and I was trying to process this. And he, and he said the same thing. He said, you're not fighting anxiety. You're fighting the enemy. I said, help me understand this. He said, Sean, Satan doesn't, he doesn't invent things. He just takes what God has invented and he tries to twist them and ruin you with them. He tries to flip them and hurt you with them. <clears throat> he said, there's a term that we use in the counseling world called facilitating anxiety. He said, this is a good, God-given, healthy fear. So you don't want that to go away. God gave you that. He gave you that good, healthy fear. It's what keeps you from driving 100 miles an hour on the edge of the cliff going up to the top of Pike's Peak. Because he, he didn't want you to die. He wants you to have this good, healthy fear. It'll keep you safe in those situations. I live in Littleton. If I were to ever take my wife up on the offer to take a walk at night, <laughs> one of these days, babe, I promise. There's rattlesnakes where we live. A good God-given healthy fear would say, hey, when you go in certain places, you need to be alert. You need to be on your toes. You need to know there's a possibility of some danger there. It keeps us safe. It also helps us perform at our best. Like when a batter gets into the batter's box, you want those jitters. You want everything to be on high alert. You want to be performing at your best. When you go to make a sale, have a tough conversation before I come out here to speak. Like we all have times in our life when we want our body to get a little amped up so we perform at our very best. That's a good God-given 
what the counselor called facilitating anxiety. Then what Satan does is he twists it and it turns into this thing for some of us called debilitating anxiety, which means this good God-given healthy fear becomes so unhealthy and it starts happening in times when it shouldn't and places when it shouldn't and at levels that it doesn't, that now your anxiety is no longer just protecting you and helping you perform at your best in certain situations, but now it's actually prohibiting you from living the kind of life you wanna live. Now it's actually prohibiting you from walking in your calling. There's facilitating and debilitating and what I had was very debilitating. But he's like, you don't want all anxiety in your life to go away. You don't want all good, God-given healthy fear in your life to go away. You're not fighting anxiety. You're fighting the enemy. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Tell me he doesn't expect us to fight. Put on the full armor of God. You only put on armor if you're going to battle. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm telling you, church, you're not fighting anxiety. You're fighting the enemy, and it is time to fight. Amen? It's time to fight. And as soon as PC said this to me, something on the inside of me started to get a little fired up at just the idea that maybe I could experience some freedom. Yes, I'm exhausted. But the very, almost in a nanosecond, the very next thought I had was, and I even said it to him, he goes, you got to start battling the enemy. You got to start spiritually battling. And I just started tearing up again. And I looked at him and I said, Pastor Chris, I'm I'm so embarrassed to say this. I'm, I'm a pastor. I don't know where to start. You ever feel that? I think this is a spiritual battle. I think God wants me to experience some certain things. I think I should engage in the fight in some way. I'm not a pastor, and I didn't go through theology training, and to be honest, most of the time I read the Bible, I'm confused, and And I'm not very consistent with it, and I want to be, and I always make these promises to myself, but I never seem to actually, I don't even know where to start. You ever feel that? That was me. He said, that's okay, because I'm going to help you. He helped me begin to fight. And he said these three lines to me. He said, we're going to pray, we're going to worship, and we're going to war. We're going to pray, we're going to worship, and we're going to war. I'll be honest, I'm a pastor. And I was like, that's it? I mean, isn't there something a little more tricky? Something deeper? What do you mean pray and worship? You don't think I'm praying? I pray every day. And worship's what we do in church. What's that got to do with my anxiety? He said, no, 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 no. This is a spiritual battle. And the battle begins in the presence of God. That's where it begins. I didn't realize it at the time, but here's what he was telling me. He was just repeating what Paul told his friends in Philippi because he knew they were dealing with a bunch of anxiety and depression. He said, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. 
Put some praise on this thing. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Here it is. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with some thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Here it is. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul said, you want to start spiritually battling, this battle begins by getting in the presence of God. And when you do, a supernatural peace will begin to come into your life in a way you have never imagined. And it will supersede any situation you are going through. It supersedes the worst season of your life. There is a peace that can transcend even your own comprehension of it. And he said it starts with just deciding, I'm going to get in the presence of God. So he hands me and Jill a Bluetooth speaker, and he says, I want you to go to this prayer room over here. I, we, we were going to be there for two weeks. So I want you to turn up. Here was the rules he gave us. I want you to turn up the worship to whatever, whatever volume you want. And then he said, I want you and your wife to pray together out loud and worship together out loud at that volume. Jill couldn't have been happier. <laughs> I was not. I hope this frees some of you up. I'm a pastor, and I don't like to pray with my wife. I don't. I know. It's terrible. I know. I'm as mad as you are. We, we pray together, but I'm like, at length? Like, I kind of feel like if I'm talking to God and you're talking to God, like, maybe he's not fully getting what I'm saying. So I'd rather you wait till I'm done. And, and there's some things I want to say that I don't really want you to hear. So, like, I'm just being honest. She couldn't have been happier. All right. So we go in the prayer room. And by the way, you don't need a prayer room. Your car, your room, your office, a walk, a hike, a bike, anything. Turn on the music. Jill immediately started praying out loud. I went and sat on a couch. And I put my head in my hands and I just started weeping. I don't got it in me. I want to. It sounds super spiritual. I don't got it in me. And I remember that day, the only thing I could say was, I said two words. I would say help, and I would say Jesus. And sometimes I'd say help me, Jesus, if I was really energetic. That was it. It was just help. 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 And I know there's power in the name of Jesus, and so I would just say Jesus. Jesus. The truth is, I couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. That was day one. Day two, we went back. We turned on the music. Jill starts praying out loud. I went and sat on the couch and said, help. About 25 minutes in, I stood up, and I just listened to the words. I would, pray to, I would start my, this, this session every single time with breakthrough from Red Rocks Worship, and I'm going to see a victory by elevation. And then... And then I would just listen to the words and go, and just try to get that in my spirit. About three or four days in, I would walk around the room and I'd pray a little bit out loud. And then I'd go stand by this window. I could hear my wife's voice praying. And I would start saying the words of the songs. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see if there's going to be a breakthrough. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And I just started. By the end of the two-week period, 
I could walk around this room and I could put my hands up in the air. I'm a two-hand, I'm a two-hand worshiper. I put both hands up in the air. I was praying out loud, God, I'm going to see a victory. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I can't feel it yet, but I'm going to trust in you, and I know you're here, and I know you're working, and there is going to be a breakthrough, and I could, I'm just trusting you. Please, God, I need you. Help me. Two weeks of just getting in the presence of God, I was already feeling so much better. Now, I hadn't even gone to counseling yet. I needed it still. I was still a mess. But I wasn't having multiple panic attacks every day anymore. In fact, after some of the prayer times, me and Jill would go to the gym together. And I could actually like work out. And I'm starting to feel like there were parts of my day where I felt a little bit more normal. And, and let me just tell you this. Some of you have been around just enough church to hear people who sound really good when they pray to make you feel really insecure about your prayers. I know that game. I remember when I first started coming to church and people would circle up and they'd pray and they would pray so eloquently and quote like four verses of prayer and it would come to me and I'd be like, hey, God, it took being a father for me to understand this. If you're a father of teenagers, you'll really understand this. I don't care what you say to me. Would you just come talk to me? Say anything. I'll watch another cartoon movie for the 15th time. I don't want to. I just want to be with you. I'll watch a movie and you'll sit there and look at your phone the entire time. I'll take that because I just want to be with you. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to be able to sing Will you just be with me, son? Will you just be with me, daughter? God's saying, I just want to be with you. Come talk to me. Come worship in my presence. Let me give you some peace that passes all understanding. Let me help you start to feel like there's going to be a change. Let me give you some hope for the future. Let me begin to refuel your soul. Just come be with me. And to be honest, after the two weeks went by, I was like, why did prayer and worship, even though I barely could do it, why would, did that have such an effect on me? And so I did a study on what happens when we're in the presence of God, and I found a whole bunch of promises, but I'm going to give you seven of them right now. Go ahead and put that up. Seven promises from God about when we decide to get in his presence. He says, I promise you peace in my presence. I promise you joy in my presence. I promise you rest in my presence. We could stop right there. Those three words right there, if they were actually a part of some of your lives, it would change everything about your life. If those three words right there were a part of some of your loved one's life, it would change everything about their life. If I could just get a little bit of peace and a little bit of joy and a little bit of rest... There's confidence in his presence. There's guidance in his presence. There's protection in his presence. There's power in his presence. We don't have to come to him eloquently. We don't have to know the right words. We don't have to know the words of the song. I'm encouraging you today, get this in your spirit. I got a fighter spirit within me. God put it in me. I'm gonna tap into it. It's a spiritual battle, and this battle starts with me deciding to get in God's presence. And when I do, the battle begins, and peace will become a byproduct in ways you won't even believe. Ben, would you guys come on up? I want to end today um, by telling you this is not just something I believe in. This is not just something 
that I did a few years ago when I was really struggling with anxiety. It's something that I'm doing right now. It's something that is keeping me going day by day right now. I shared with you, and I didn't really intend to, but it just kind of blurted it out, I don't know, about a month or so ago that my family had recently gotten some news that had kind of rocked us. As, as some of you know, about six months ago, I tore my bicep, and I had bicep uh, re repair surgery, and I was doing physical therapy, and we were doing things like wrist curls and, and tricep kickbacks, and um, my, my hand was shaking. And sometimes when we would do these tricep kickbacks, parts of my whole left side would start shaking. And uh, we kind of chalked it up to muscle atrophy. You've been in a brace for six months, your muscles are weak, that's why they're shaking. Well, this went on for a couple months of rehab, and finally I was in rehab one day, and the girl said, I don't think that's from your surgery. I think you should see a neurologist. I was like, what? So I went to a neurologist, had a brain MRI done, came back, sat in his office, and he said, um, we believe you have a degenerative brain disease. Parts of your brain are what he called very sick. And uh, he said it definitely falls under the category of Parkinson's disease, but it may be something else also that could be even worse. I went to two other neurologists, had more tests done, even went and saw a neurologist at the Mayo Clinic. They all three agreed. So I, I just was diagnosed with this genetic brain disease, and apart from a miraculous healing from God, it will continue to get worse and affect more parts of my body and things I can do, and that's what they say. So I got that, I got that initial diagnosis and uh, went to the car. Me and Jill went and sat in the parking lot of the hospital, and I just cried. And my wife got out her Bible, started reading me scriptures. She said, don't you worry, I'm not going anywhere. And she said, I'm not afraid. Single people, you know how um, I always harp on you guys not to settle for anyone who's not sold out for Jesus? It's because you don't know what life's going to throw at you. You want that. When I told you guys that we had had some news a few a month back or whenever it was, I hadn't talked to my boys yet, so I didn't, I didn't want to obviously say anything to you. So we've had a really tough couple months. There's been days when uh, I feel like a spiritual giant, and I believe with everything in me that God's going to do a miracle. And then I have days where I just don't. I even called a couple of my pastors and said, does that mean I don't have good faith? One of them pointed me to a guy in Mark chapter 9. I think one of the greatest displays of faith in the Bible. His son is sick, and he desperately wants him to be healed. And Jesus said, do you believe I can do it? 
He said, I don't have the energy to play games, Jesus. I believe. Would you help me with my unbelief? And Jesus said, that's some faith. That even on your bad days, even in your doubts, even in your fears, you'll still come to me. Yeah, let me heal your son. I wanted to share it with you because we're family. I wanted you to know what's going on. I don't want you to be worried for me. I would love for you to pray. I'm taking some medicine right now, and my body needs to respond to it so that it's not something worse. So I'm praying for that right now, and I'm also every day praying for a miracle. I don't want you to worry about me, though, and I don't want you to worry about this church. This is God's church, and I'm God's kid, and he's got us all taken care of. I promise you that. I tell you this now because I want you to know I'm in it with you. And no matter what you're dealing with right now, we all deal with stuff. We all have loved ones who deal with stuff, and it's tough. And there's good days and there are bad days, but the trick is to remember, no, I'm a fighter. God put something on the inside of me. I got a fighter spirit. I got his spirit. It's not about my strength. It's about his strength. And so on my good days, I'm going to go to God. And on my bad days, I'm going to go to God. On my good days, I'm going to say God is good. On the hard days, I'm going to say God is good. So for me, I haven't had the energy. In fact, I found this out during our 21 days of fasting. And I had four Krispy Kremes that day. (laughs) Not even kidding. <laughs> True. Here's been my quiet time for the last month. It's not an hour's worth of prayer. I blew the fast up. Here's been my quiet time. I read one verse and I listen to a song called Breakthrough by Red Rocks Worship. And that's my quiet time. It's Jeremiah 17 14. It says, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. But at the end of the day, for it is you I praise. And I listen to Breakthrough. And that's me on my bad days coming to the presence of God. And I want you to have the courage on your bad days to go to the presence of God. Because that's where the battle will be won. No matter what you're going through. Amen. You don't have to have super... Hero faith, just enough to say, God, I believe. Help me in my own belief. I'm going to go to you today. And he says, in my presence, there is peace. And in my presence, there's joy. And in my presence, there's rest. And that's what you need, son. That's what you need, daughter. I'm telling you guys, depression and anxiety is not going to be the end of your story. I believe it. The God of hope is going to fill you with hope and joy through the power of his Holy Spirit. I believe it in Jesus' name. Would you stand up with me? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your son. I thank you that you sent your son to die for us. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that your presence is here right now, that literally we can begin this battle right now by just deciding, I'm just gonna lean in and be with you, Dad. 
depression and anxiety and health issues and just struggles and relationships and hopelessness and loneliness. It's real. But God, what we know is that so are you and so is your presence and so are your promises. And so on our good days, we go to you and on our bad days, we go to you. And right now we're about to go to you. And I pray we would experience that peace. Let me tell you, everybody look up here. Let me tell you what I've been doing recently. I'm a, I told you I'm a two-hand two worship guy. I want to go all the way up right now, but I'm afraid I'll give you a half-shirt view, and you don't need that, so. I'm a two-hand worship guy. I, most of the uh, degeneration of my brain is happening on the right side, so it's made my left side have the most effects right now. So what I do in worship is I put one hand on my heart, and I say, God, I'm going to worship you with my bad arm today. That's what I want you to do. I want you to worship him when your anxiety is at its worst, when your depression feels at its worst. I'm not waiting for just things to celebrate with worship. I'm going to go to war with worship. I'm going to fight for my own freedom. So for me today, I'm going to worship him with my bad arm. We could do that, church. I love you. I believe in you. You got this. Let's worship him.